this month, Rivers of Nihil will release their new album, The Work, via Metal Blade Records. In arguably a very dense, heavy collection, Rivers of Nihil have forged further into new territory, delivering an album that is as cerebral as it is visceral, and that covers a staggering sonic range, definitively placing them in a category of their own. Fans can also catch the band on the road with The Black Dahlia Murder, After the Burial, Carnifex, and Undeath all month long in North America. Purchase your copy of The Work and check tour dates now at metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. Make sure you're picking up the new record from Rivers of Nihil, The Work. Once again, metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody out there? It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn. You got that? And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy, Gooch. And the ladies are off this week, but make sure you are following our other co-host. That is Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram and Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. The Wizard of Jaws at TikTok. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week on the show, oh, I'm so excited to promote the new album by Spirit Box, guys. Eternal Blue is out right now. Mike Stringer graced us us with his presence to talk about it and see as this band is going, guys. If you guys haven't picked up Eternal Blue yet, make sure you do. It came out this past Friday, guys. Excellent record. But before our chat with Mike, let's jump into the Metal Sucks news. It's a failed education we're giving ya Manipulating facts with opinions We got you in the palm of our hands Pushing you to hate is part of the plan So thanks for the power you gifted us We're worthy of your mind and all of your trust Dying for our cause, you'll never regret it It's Metal Sucks News, prepare for your lesson We'll take good care of your soul You'll be safe under our control Give me that soul. That's right, guys. All right, so first story we got to talk about, guys. Ronnie Radke from Falling in Reverse. Um, Well, here's the thing. Back in the day, I'm sure... A lot of bands, frontmen had meltdowns on stages, yelled at the audience, did a lot of things, but it wasn't captured. I'm sure there's moments of Bruce Dickinson being a total asshole in the 80s. <laughs> hey, man. There might be, right? We but, all saw Axl Rose kick that photographer in the face. Correct. And so a lot of that's not documented. But these days, we get audio. And audio was funny when there was a stage meltdown in Roddy Radke from Falling in the Reverse. Let's, let's set the, the stage up because we're not here to bash him or anybody. There's a gentleman that goes to his concert. Gentleman. We'll call him a gentleman. Is that the, I'm not calling him a gentleman. Yeah, you're not a fan of this guy. No, I'm calling him <laughs> propane piece of shit. Oh, dude, you know, this guy hates having sleeves on his shirt. So you you are a... Okay, he created his, a self-made fuck Ronnie Radke shirt. Right. Which was pointed out or seen by Ronnie Radke on stage. And here is what followed. We're going to play the audio for you guys and stop it here and then so we can discuss a little bit of this. But pretty much, let's let's let's... Let's capture this uh, meltdown on stage together. Go. Be here doing that shit. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself, man. You should be ashamed of yourself, man. For real, man. 
We stand up the motherfuckers like this. I beat up people like dudes on his shoulders. Yeah, I, this is my one of my favorite lines of the of the meltdown. But I got to, <laughs> I beat up Master Blaster from Thunderdome. I've taken on Voltron in full form. Yeah, right? <laughs> All of them lions and tigers done. <laughs> I took them out, right? That's my favorite thing. Cause like when guys get mad and you can see that the anger's happening, oh. there is this there is this point of like they're gonna talk up an insane amount of game and then they're gonna overcorrect and be like, Well, I'm not really I, I got issues. It's it's not you know, it, it, it all go he does the whole gamut, but go. I've had hecklers in the audience before yes. at redneck bars and I told one of them, I said, <laughs> I go, you're going to keep, t- yeah, I go, take another step and you'll be brushing your teeth with this microphone. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> I remember this. And after the show, you guys did like, you did run into the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Nothing, I didn't run into him. I just, we, we were still in the same bar. <laughs> of course, we we're glancing. I'm like making sure he's not coming up from behind me. I mean, it's like, yeah, for the rest of the night, I was like, oh shit, did I just fuck up? But it's like at that moment, you're in it. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you now. So let me say this. This has gotten a lot of press, his meltdown, and we're going to keep playing the audio. And honestly, out of meltdowns, dude, this is so not a meltdown. This is like a 2 out of 10. Uh, it's really bad. I, really, I got to give it a 5 out of 10. 5? If you're in the audience, it's like watching. I always say when it's like watching mom and dad fight and then going back to normal. You are you, right. You're going to sit in the audience right. and be like, is he going to storm off? What's going on? It's not Attila punch a, a security girl in yeah, the head. Yeah. It, yes. It's, but I'll, it is a meltdown. I'll give it three and a half. I'll meet you halfway between two and five. All right, fine. I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 for sure because he kept going. But um, if you are in Falling in Reverse and you're Ronnie Radkin, you see all the press that's going on before we play more audio. Would you not create a fuck Ronnie Radke shirt going Dude, that's forward? That's what I'm saying. Like, now everyone's going to have that shirt. Now everyone's going to have that with, shirt. With the quote on the backs. <laughs> I beat up two guys. With, I yeah. beat up a guy with you with his shoulders on top I of see another. I see another guy coming from another trailer park, and his fuck Ronnie Radke shirt's going to be made with electric tape. It's not even going to be, like, printed. Yeah, dude. Let's play some more. What's the next thing he says? Because there's more great quotes. There you go. <laughs> Bring in the sons of anarchy. Yeah, I believe he just did. <laughs> he just he's like he's he's like I'm not Jack's teller yet. Yeah, my dad's got to die, and then I'm gonna come in. Right? Next, you know, right <laughs> I'm not Jack's teller yet. <laughs> all alone. Oh my god. And you know what? It's been quite a while since I heard a biker gang getting thrown into the mix of like, oh, they got my back. Like it's been I, a while. I, it's. I mean, maybe he throws it around all the time and falling in reverse oh, shows. We oh. never know. I mean, but it, but the, the the bottom line is that saying like, if I can't beat you up, my daddy's gonna jump you. Yeah. <laughs> Did he say that? My dad's biker gang. Is That's that what exact he said? Words. My dad's my da- biker. My, gang. my daddy's biker gang will beat you up. Is what he said. Wow. I mean, we just played the audio. I know. But I'm not I, gonna have you play it again. But he said. But that. I'm just saying there were a lot of people screaming in the. I, there like, yeah, get your daddy on him. Get your dad. I'm going to get my dad on you. Oh, man. Could you imagine? So you're still a three and a half. First off, didn't you? Because if I was his dad, I'd be like, bro, don't put me into this shit. Pete had a situation where your brother beat up a kid's dad. Like, the dad came at you, and then your brother, who's only a year older than you, beat up some guy. I could tell this story, bro. Okay, what's on this? So we grew up in the, we're going to keep playing this audio, because there's there's more gold here, but um, we grew up in an apartment complex. When you grow up in an apartment complex, you fight almost every other day. You know, Um, my dad eventually got his boxing gloves so its kid can just hash it out and not get bloody but anyways there was a kid who uh i don't know he picked a fight with this littler kid and i was like leave him alone or i'll slap you 
And I remember slapping the kid real hard. And then he came at me and I like, I pretty much just one to him like three or four times. He went down, he went up there, his dad came out and his dad was probably like 35, 40. Keep in mind, we're like 12 and 13. Right. We're not even like in, we're like middle school age. Was he wearing a fuck Ronnie Radke shirt? No, he was not wearing a fuck Ronnie Radke <laughs> shirt. But he, dude, we were like, look, you know. We're tall. Me and my brother, we're taller guys, you know, so we were taller kids and the dad was like about the same height as my brother. I'll say that. Right. So anyways, he came out and he, and he got in my face, his dad, and he grabbed my shirt and I was just like, like, I didn't do anything. My brother was like, you get off and rough, you know, fuck you up. And sure enough, um, the dad stepped to my brother and my brother just boom, boom, 13, beat up a 35 year old man. He knocked him out. Wow. In the grass in front of the kid's apartment. Oh, man. And then they moved Ronnie out. Ronnie Racky doesn't need his daddy's <laughs> biker gang. He just needs your brother. He needs my brother. They called up Nicholas Spice. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. True story. And all the kids were there, and they saw him. And, and uh, again, that, that not, and that's not the first time it happened, because it happened at the same apartment complex in a pool with a drunk guy. We don't count that one, because the guy was so wasted that he threw a chair at my brother, and my brother walked up and hit him. And the guy slapped on the ground of the pool and fell in the water. Wow. And his like wife or girlfriend jumped in and pulled him by his hair so he wouldn't drown. And we ran. Wow. Yeah, so my brother beat up some old people when dude, we were like 13. Uh, dude, this is an apartment <laughs> complex. Anybody that grew up in bad neighborhood apartment complex, this is normal shit. And here's the thing. If you if you knew this Pete's brother, shit. he's like one of the most low-key guys. He would it's like you have to like push him to want to do something. Yes. But know? he he is a uh, biker. Gang. He's in a bike thing. <laughs> Is he? No. He's actually Ronnie Rocky's dad. No, no, no. He, he, he owns a motorcycle shop. That's what he does is he builds motorcycles. Okay. And he's friends with many of the biker gangs. So he, if someone messed with him, maybe he would have a, a, a daddy. Well, yeah. And now he's got a 30% discount on that muffler. All right, here we go. <laughs> so let's keep going. Oh, and I love the go- drum roll. The reason I went to jail because of people like him, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now look, although I agree with him, <laughs> we should all be going to therapy, but dude, you don't ever want to come off. The worst thing you could do is like, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. By the way, I, pay I went to jail because of went people to jail, like you. I went to jail to people like you, and now I pay a therapist once a week so I don't go back to jail. So you didn't go to jail for your actions, yeah. Ronnie. It was because of people like him. Yeah, it was because of people like him. <laughs> Let and me you know point what? the finger at my jail time. And you guys need to go to therapy. Like, Which, again, these are messages that I totally could resonate with. Dude. I'm not saying I would be able to hold my... You know, like if I were doing that type of stuff, could yeah. you imagine being in an argument with him where it's like, no, you're wrong. Yes, you're right. No, you're wrong. Yes, you're right. You're no. like, all right, dude, I'm lost here. So you're saying the wrong thing first, but you're following it up with positivity. I love it. This is, these are always my favorite people to get in arguments with. Continue. Because they remind you of me. I don't want to. I don't. <laughs> No comment. I don't let it slide, bro. I have an issue with anger, but I beat, I'm disrespected. I get real fucking heated, bro. I'm right here. Look at this guy. I'm right here. That's the thing. The camera, the, the, the video that we got, the yeah. guy, they are right next to this the, white the trash sack of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, my, I'm right here. My favorite is that <laughs> I do like the 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 the, the double bass real yeah. quick. Like it's the punchline of the like joke. Like the drum roll. <laughs> <Boom. laughs> yeah, the little, little blast, bleat, blast beat. Bro, I'll give you a fucking heart attack. I'm right here. I'm serious. You know it too. I'm looking in both of your guys' eyes. I'm right here. Fucking cyclops. He keeps saying I'm right here. And then he just comes into the. 
dude, that's rough. <laughs> that that transition, rough. that's what I mean by mom and dad are going to fight. So then he goes into this like high pitched yeah. opening. Obviously, ballady. I don't know Fallen Reverse too well. I'm assuming that's a ballady song. I'm sure it gets heavy in a second. I mean, like, like Aerosmith doing that and then just breaking into a, if you close your eyes. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. I'm like, okay. So if I'm in the audience, I'm like, this is weird. But anyways, uh, yeah, dude. Favorite stage meltdown that I saw? Probably not cut on audio. Dude, what do you have thinking about uh, band-wise? Again, I, I already brought it up earlier. I think the most famous one is Axl Rose. Just no, jumping so you in. saw in person. Yeah. You saw, I, you I mean, I've seen, I've seen, oh, I did see Bruce Dickinson Loses at Iron Maiden losing, losing yeah. his mind on a guy because... There was a girl in front of him and this dude was behind her and he was like hitting her. He just like hitting her and shoving her around and stuff like that. And then Bruce stopped the whole show and said, get the scumbag out of here. I saw a similar thing with Flea from the Chili Peppers. I forgot what song they were playing, but it was, it's like Californication. It was like a slow song and Kiedis was doing well. And you motherfucker, get your hands off of her. And he's screaming at some guy because some girl was crowd sleeping and I grabbed him. But I mean, he lost his mind. I just remember sitting there and like. Is this over? Is yeah. this going on? And then they just broke right back. And they didn't finish whatever song they're playing. They broke into the next song. And I was just like, but I just, I feel weird. Cause you have this, for me, I got to have that energy, like positive all around. Yes. But the seconds people are screaming and it's weird like that. Cause I was there when Bruce Dickinson did that about at the Iron Maiden show. Same thing. I felt weird. They're playing two minutes to midnight and they didn't finish it. Yeah. I remember that. That is like, weird. So I, I, professional wise, clearly. So professionally, it if was, someone's if you groping see- a girl, I think it's okay to yell at them. But in this situation, I feel like even though he obviously has goes to therapy for anger issues, he, he should probably not pay attention. To See, this I think if you're, I don't think you should point the finger. At I the think dude. what you need to do is just imagine that nobody in the audience is there and just keep on going with your song. Even if you see knives getting pulled, just finish the song. Right. We don't want the awkwardness. We did have a knife pulled <laughs> at a Tenacious D show. We did see that. Isn't no, that crazy? I, you know what? Here's the thing. Like if you're on stage, though, I, I don't know what to see. That's the thing. It's like I don't like the mom and dad are fighting energy that happens whenever you see like a meltdown but at the same time though it's like yeah somebody's got to do something if you see somebody if you see a chick getting her ass beat on stage you got to say but something we were at a tenacious d show they played three songs in this was during rise of the phoenix it was like yeah half and then hour. all of a sudden they're like we gotta go and they played tribute because someone got stabbed behind us and they so the show was like not even a half hour long and we're like what happened and we're walking out over blood remember yeah. that it was the one of the weirdest feelings ever whoa, like, whoa, whoa. i don't remember walking yeah out there over was blood. blood on the uh, right on the floor of the steps dude. i don't remember that yeah. yeah yeah oh wow and then the person lived but i just remember like it was the weirdest thing ever because they cut a mid-song they just but they're like we got to play tribute before we guys go yeah, even yeah. though somebody got stabbed <laughs> i remember watching that i remember watching that show and i'm like wait a minute what like what the fuck is going on and then there's 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 confetti flying all over and i'm like dude it's only a half hour into the show and that was it <laughs> that was why anyways man so with that i'm not like i said hey meltdowns are gonna happen on stage these things happen i Feel like this is still good press for Fallen in Reverse, Roddy Radke's, you know, persona. Um, but I definitely feel like they Look, should start selling these shirts. They need to start. They need they, to start selling. Here's these the thing: shirts. in order to combat this, in order to combat Create this, you need shirts. to have a fuck Roddy Radke shirt. It's got to be on the front too. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be on the front. So that way, if somebody does come in with a homemade Ronnie Radke shirt, they're just going to blend in with the rest of the assholes, <laughs> unless the color scheme is off. Like, if you come in with, like, a green shirt with purple writing, fuck Ronnie Radke, you're gonna be like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to change it up. Yeah, this guy really believes it. I'm going to make it in a French flag. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> dude, yeah. 
I'm telling you right now, following a reverse, if you need to get ahead of this and also put some extra money in your pocket to get yeah, that yeah. shirt. Yeah, make for sure. It. Next story we want to talk about. I was kind of surprised about this, but then I went and thought about it not. So when they were making, I found out about this film that they're making the Tommy Lee, Pam Anderson sex tape film. Like um, with the, the guy that stole the film is played by Seth Rogen. I figured Motley, like Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee would be upset about is it. Is it going to well, be a comedy? It's got to be. It's from the guy that did I, Tanya, which in, in essence, they made that a comedy. I mean, that was a dark comedy. The film I, Tanya. You ever saw it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, mean, yeah. I heard of it, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was well done, but it was a comedy. So, it's the same team. I'm assuming it's going to be a similar thing. And how can you make this a serious movie? But, yeah, how can you make this a serious movie, bro? It's about a guy stealing a sex tape. Well, I know, but I mean, it's like, I'm sure there was some kind of heartbreak in there. I don't know. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I'm just throwing it out there. So anyways, figured Tommy Lee would be upset. Nope. Apparently he's stoked that they're making a film about this. Wow. And this seems to be like a... This is typical Tommy Lee, though. Bro. I know, People man. are talking about him, and that's all he cares about. But this was like, I remember when this happened to like Pamela Anderson. This is like a girl's worst nightmare. Yeah. You know, like at least back then for sure. It was right. a career stopper for a lot of people. I know when this happened to Jennifer Lawrence on that fapping thing, it was like, it was really heartbreaking, you know, from, from the outside looking in because it's not voluntary. And, uh, but Tommy Lee's like, awesome. Like it's a part of his history. So it he's is proud a part of, of his history. Dude, any, look, he's it, proud of the sex tape st- theft. A- absolutely. He is. <laughs> absolutely. He is. Look, oh, wow. Let's see what happens here. There's a video of you hooking up with probably one of the hottest women in the, on the planet at that time. Yep. Everybody is just like, just talking about how huge your dick is. Are you st- like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Is what I want to know. If you're oh. Tommy Lee, think about that. It's personal. Okay, well, you, yes, but you're also not... A, no, it's a personal thing. You're also stolen. not a crackhead, yeah. a former... Well, cra- you know. Was he, a, he was not a I crack mean, he was head. definitely a former drug addict, lunatic. We, we can call him a drug addict. Okay, but Lun- yeah. We can call him a lunatic. Yes, We okay. can call him a wife beater. Okay. We can call him a drummer in Motley Crue. Now, go ahead and put all those things together, yep. and then put yourself in those shoes, make a and movie leather of- pants, make a movie about my dick. Go <laughs> ahead, dude. <laughs> Who's starring as his dick? Um, I, I think it said Mark Wahlberg. Okay. So I got to look into okay. it. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's not a bad dick. That's have. probably a good performance then. By yeah. <laughs> probably a solid performance. Mark Wahlberg just steering a boat. Sebastian Stan with Mark Wahlberg and yes. Tommy Lee's Loving dick. It. Loving it. <laughs> it's like, I see it as like a look who's talking movie, but with Mark Wahlberg talking up to Tommy. Yeah, hey, hey, how's your mother? <laughs> that's a dick. That's what the dick is saying. <laughs> who stole that tape? Yeah. I'm on display there. Who stole that tape? I need residuals. Anyways. Wow. We went there. We went there. Just lines from the departed. <laughs> So anyways, guys, now before we jump into our interview with Mike, we want to talk about one more story, guys. And I don't know, this headline was like a big shrug your shoulder to me, but uh, Dave Mustaine is anti-vax and anti-mask. Wow. Oh, God. You're, is, next thing you're going to tell me is like Lars has a potty mouth. No, Ted, Ted Nugent voted Republican. Get the fuck. Get out of here. <laughs> right, so. My whole world has been turned upside down. Next. Do we have another story? Is that what we're going to end on? Yeah, that's what we're starting on. We're just going to go, okay, hey, wow. The alphabet starts with A. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> One of the most obvious headlines yes, I've seen. Yes, dude, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, we already yeah. knew that. Yeah, Come on. A, that's a, so, but um, I don't know. Did you expect him to say anything? That, that's the part that surprised me. I already knew this, well, but I, I didn't expect him to go on stage and voice it, I guess. Oh, I, 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 is I that what he said it? Yeah, he said he did, it on, he did on stage, stage at, okay. at Camden, New Jersey. Okay, look. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> His whole thing has always been anti-government. The last few records have been just totally dedicated to, we don't need this kind of control, and they're going to come take us over. I get it, Dave. You know, it's part of his thing. Now, when people do go see Megadeth, he's kind of split his fan base in half, I think, just by going full-on MAGA. 
I don't know. He's, I don't know if he's full on MAGA, but I don't think it. I don't think he has because he's been the same guy forever. And honestly, and that, I mean, he, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I, I, isn't I don't anything feel like, new. I don't feel like if you know George Carlin was alive today and he was commenting on all this shit, it would split his fan base. People would be like, "Yeah, I liked him." It, right. It's like it's I feel the there's guy. a point where guys, your mind's made up. You like Megadeth and Dave Mustaine, or you don't. And I it's, think, and it's we're past. That. And I think at this point, when yeah. you're looking at Dave Mustaine, you're like, "All right, here's an old man. He's just kind of saying his old man he's shit." 60. Yeah. He's sixty. on his sixtieth yeah, yeah. birthday. He's sixty. He's yeah. sixty years old. And for any of us to be shocked by anything that Dave Mustaine says, mm. the craziest thing would be just kind of like if he goes, "Hey guys, I'm all I'm pro-choice." What the fuck? Like we would all be losing our <laughs> well, mind. That's what I meant. If he if he if he flopped, not the obvious decision right yeah. that's what i'm saying like if he said something that wasn't obvious he's like hey guys just want to let you guys know uh i was a hired gun in metallica two three four like and he just kind of takes <laughs> off like then that would be like whoa what dave like that's coming from you who, you're who saying you? that yeah yeah you're saying that yeah uh, so yeah uh, i get it but it's like dude come on it's dave mustaine we already knew what he was gonna say you know and that's pretty much that if, if you look at his audio clips on youtube man his, his he's got some of the uh the best on stage meltdowns if i may yes he's got some meltdowns. well because he used to be a raging alcoholic you know what i mean so it's like i'm uh, yeah, sure he was he had many issues that's what i'm yeah. saying so it's like he's gotten through his issues and now the guy's just kind of voicing his issues as a sober person now and as a sober 60 year old man and, and i'm I, fine with it whatever I, dude I, I don't exactly i don't it's, hate it's, you dave it's indifferent to me yeah man. that's <laughs> what i'm saying like we get it when you say it fine <laughs> would you would you go see megadeth live absolutely and here's me the too, thing yeah. here's the thing i will back i will back dave mistake now if tommy vex i'm like dude shut up you yeah. know what i mean if it's somebody like that then i'm like dude shut the fuck up because you're only doing it just to get that fan base yeah dave has been saying this shit since the 80s he was a Democrat in uh, the 90s, early 90s. I remember him going to the Democratic National Convention during the euthanasia days. But that also shows you that Dave's yeah. always Dave's always going to Dave. Yeah, so, Dave's and always going to Dave. And, and, I, and I appreciate that, though. You know Mustaine what I mean? going to Mustaine. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just let him Dave. Keep on Dave and Dave. <laughs> Mustaine away, Mustaine. Yeah, Mustaine away. With that. So. Mustaine away. I think I like that. That should be the next shirt. Next, like the next Megadeth stay away. Yeah, you wearing that shirt. <laughs> my grandfather's biker gang. My grandfather's, my daddy's biker gang. Come on, Ronnie. Look, I get it, bro. I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from. I and honestly, I did try to, to stick I, I, up for you. But when you said my, did he say daddy or dads? Because the audio wasn't exactly perfect. My daddy's biker gang will beat you up. He said my daddy's. That's what's in the story in the notes. My and that's what I heard. Daddy's. See, if biker you would have said my dad's biker gang. But my daddy's biker gang, yeah. Ronnie. Come on. So you, the problem is you that need he start, alerted and he did it in plural. You need to start falling forward. I'm sorry. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> get, get, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> We're moving on right now, man. So real quick, guys. Rotted Through has released their debut album, The Depths, available on all major platforms and RottedThrough.com. The Depths is a dark net-inspired horror show that gets deliberately heavier the deeper you descend. Peer into the dark web and check out their concept video for the album single, To Stretch to Tear, on YouTube or RottedThrough.com. And make sure to follow the band on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at RottedThrough. Once again, guys, the debut record from Rotted Through, The Depths, is out now on all major platforms. And with that, guys, let's jump into our interview right now with Mike from Spirit Box. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Mike from Spirit Box. We are here to celebrate the debut full-length album, Eternal Blue. It's coming out September 17th. Now, Mike, 
It's a new project for you guys. Uh, let's. It's. It's a lot of heat has come behind it because you guys did some singles out there, and a lot of people got into the band. Tell us why you started the band that way, opposed to doing like a full length project right away. Yeah. No. For sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on. For one. Um, yeah. I, I. The band started a little differently than most. Um, you know, we always had the attitude of just kind of making whatever we wanted and just hope that people would enjoy it. Um, and the first two EPs were just kind of scattered a little bit in a single format. Um, and you know, it just, it was, it was a little different when it comes to the metal genre. I mean, I guess maybe that's not like a, the most popular thing to do. Uh, maybe nowadays it is, but, um, yeah, it was just more so like, how can we get content out there? How can we, you know, build it, try to build a demand online. And, um, that's just always been the motto, um, instead of just going out and uh, touring relentlessly, which we've all done in previous bands a lot. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit different uh, strategy for sure. Absolutely. And, and when we talk about like Arrest of the Bear once and stuff like that, the tours were nonstop, like you said. With this project, it wasn't even an option really for you guys, right? Um, because it started up a little bit and the touring couldn't exactly just keep going. We did get stopped due to this uh, unfortunate pandemic going on. Did that yeah. motivate you in a different way um, opposed to what you used to do in the past? For sure, yeah. I mean, we worked so hard to get to the point where we could actually do it for real and do it live. And, you know, the first tour that we got was, you know, March 2020, and it got cut halfway through. So when we got home, even though there was so much uncertainty and stuff, it was kind of just like, okay, well, we've spent three years of this band just plugging away online, and we've spent the last, like, four months getting ready to do it live. Now we're just going to kind of go back to the way things were, you know? Mm. Um, and that's just what we did, you know? Like, as soon as everything shut down, we just kind of went back to uh, making as much content as possible and trying to make music videos and all that stuff. Because otherwise, we would have just gone insane because there's just literally nothing else to do. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely an interesting shift to go from being an online band to doing it for real and then having that completely cut again. So. Yeah, and, and recently we know what happened with the, the tour with Limp Bizkit. You guys jumped on there, and then obviously the pandemic struck again. And, and it's going to be a, a thing that we are going to see, I guess, as we're going forward. But I do want to shine a light on a lot of bands that kind of helped out um, when that after that tour did get canceled, unfortunately. Can you tell us a little bit of, of what happened and how those bands helped you guys out after that tour was cut short? Oh, man. Yeah, so we're two for two, which is a shame. But, um, yeah, like, we, for instance... Uh, Brent from Shinedown, he uh, he just came out of nowhere. We never even met him before, you know. And he just wanted to, um, he just wanted to help. And he he hit up our management and was like, you know, I just I felt horrible what happened, and uh, I would hate for this band to uh, not be able to continue due to this. And I just want to contribute. And he he sent us ten thousand dollars, which is just I'm still speechless. I I don't even know what we could ever do to repay him. Um, and those guys and, and even just him thinking about us in that way is just so incredible. And then, you know, just, just so many other things like, the we came as Romans, you know, they, they lent us an entire light package. We rented it for them, uh, from them for the tour. And when we gave it back to them there, they didn't even charge us. They were just like, you know what, just don't worry about it. You know, we feel horrible. And just the companies that helped us like bandwagon and, you know, there's just so many people that are just so kind these days and it's it's just amazing to see musicians helping out other musicians and it's definitely a great opportunity for us to pay it forward when we can that's the first thing i thought about is just man i just can't wait until 
if we ever get in the position of being able to do this for someone else, I just can't wait until we can do that. So Man. yeah, just a, a wild situation to be in. <laughs> but it shows the beauty and the kindness of the community because we're a big community, the fans, the musicians, as you, as you mentioned, and, and we do take care of one another, the ones that are lifers, the ones that really care about um, everything that we're doing because of the, uh, the situation that we're in. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I do, uh, I am glad that we at least got to say everything that they did for you guys. It's a big deal. Moving on to oh. the the next tour that I'm ecstatic about. It's February 18th. We don't want we don't want to go three for three. Right is when it starts in North America. And that's the under oath. Every time I die and you guys tour. Um, yeah. How are you feeling? That that's going to be a amazing package. By the way, how are you feeling about that tour right now? Is it fingers crossed, or do you think that we we're all getting it now? And by that time, we're going to be able to cross this threshold without problems. You know what? It's so hard to say. It's Mm. so hard to say because all the stuff that we took back, you know, early January, February and stuff for September and October and everything, we were like, oh, I mean, by then we should be fine. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just so difficult because, I mean, that package is like a dream package for me. Like growing up, you know, I was obsessed with Under Oath. I was obsessed with Every Time I Die. And um, they're just all incredible people, too. So I would I would hope that by that point, you know, we've kind of got our shit figured out. But I don't know, man. It's so hard to say. I, You know, I just feel like it is going to be a bumpy road. I feel like COVID in general, after a certain point, will become, you know, somewhat of a normal thing. You know, people will get it and then they'll recover and that'll be that. And I hope that's that's what happens. But. I just feel like the vaccine issue and everything too is such a hot button issue that we're going to have this division for a very long time. And, um, it's a shame. It really is. You know, like we're one of the last industries to be able to go back to, to be, um, you know, going back to normal, you know, like it's, it's difficult and I think it's going to be a bumpy six to eight months. So I'm trying to be positive about it. I'm just trying to hope that it happens. And, um, I don't know, man, it's hard. It's really hard. (laughs) I'm going to be positive. I'm going to jump on that as well. Is that uh, us fans, you know, of, of all the bands that you just mentioned, it's our job to make sure that tour doesn't go out there, you know, doesn't get canceled or nobody gets issues. It's our job. And it's all the musicians' jobs to do the same thing. But I do sure. feel like as a community of, of, of people who need live music for our mental health, for our happiness, for all these things, because it's, it's like our church, we're going to get our shit together. And we're going to make sure we show up not able to affect anybody so in due time yeah i feel like we should have been ready already i'm with you but i think the the more that things get canceled the more we miss out there's nothing more heartbreaking than like hey i got this ticket i can't wait till friday night it happened to me and it's like sorry show's canceled like two days before and you're just like it's it hits you hard and you're like man oh yeah big time i mean i i feel i feel for the people that were even just waiting in line you know like so many people drove so far and everything and it's just you want to do anything you can to make those people happy and to play for them or, you know, just, just let them not worry about their lives for, you know, 45 minutes in the night, you know, but it's just, it's a super weird time, man. Mm -hmm. Super, super unfortunate. Well, us us fans are going to come through guys. Listen, you know, I said it before the between the bear to me tour, Almost six weeks through, no problems. I'm going to see them tonight, and we're going to make the same thing happen for this tour in February. So keeping my fingers crossed, Mike, we're going to do it. 
you know, have faith. In <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good folks. The under oath every time I die in spearback, folks. We're we're good folks. <laughs> All right, so, and anyways, <laughs> let's move on because we did talk about the music video thing has been fantastic. You guys have done a bunch of them. The most recent one that I saw was the Hurt You video, and that one was a little different because you guys weren't in that video. Um, but it was a very artistic and dark video. Tell me about kind of the art direction on that and how much you guys were involved in in um, in helping out with that video. Yeah, you know what? It's the first video that we haven't been involved in at all. Mm. You know, and that's that's kind of weird. You know, like it, it was, it was awesome because Dylan Hirchuk from uh, Versa Films, he's like one of our day one guys. Like he's been there for this entire ride. And you know, the other two videos that um, came out for Eternal Blue uh, earlier this year, we uh, we were kind of stuck in the states um, after we were done recording, so we couldn't really work with him. You know, and um, so it was just nice to be able to work with him again. And he came to us with a with an idea and a concept. And this was the first time that we were like, you know what, man, just run with it. Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> Let's gamble, you know? And it paid off. I, I think it's a beautiful video. And I think that the idea came across great. And uh, yeah, I hope we can do even more with him in the future. But yeah, the whole the whole music video thing and everything, it's it's definitely weird when you go from doing it yourself and then every now and then having someone come in that actually knows what they're doing. And then now it's a little bit different for us. You know, we're fortunate enough to be able to work with some pretty incredible people. So it's been a pretty wild experience through and through. Yeah, absolutely. And that collaboration with someone else kind of taking it. So when you saw the video, did you have no notes where you're like, no, this is fine. Or did you say, Hey, can we cut this out? Did you guys do anything like that? I'm assuming that he just nailed it. Cause it looks really good to me. You know what? Like usually I'm the note king. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like the worst nightmare to work with, you know? But this time around, I got it. And it was it was to be released within two days. And he was like, I have a bunch of other stuff, so just let me know. And I gave him, I think I gave him like three or four timestamps. And I was like, can we just extend this? Can we, can we move this around? And uh, yeah, he submitted it day of. And it was the most farm-to-table video we've ever done. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was good turned out good nice man speaking of the other videos on the album guys everybody eternal blue is coming out september 17th if you guys haven't pre-ordered pick it up make sure you're checking it out there as we mentioned there are four videos you can see right now if if i have it off memory sorry if i say something wrong it's secret garden circle with me constance and then we just talked about hurt you those are the four videos that i think are out right now off the record tell me which video got the most notes from you when it was all said and done oh man um Probably the one, the, probably the one that I had to make, because uh, we did Holy Roller way back in the day, and which oh. ended up being the record. Yes, on the uh, record as well. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it wasn't planned that way, but it just turned out that way. And um, yeah, I, I think that was the that was the hardest one in my opinion because it was just like it was right at the beginning of when lockdown was getting really hectic, and um, all we had was like a field and some flowers at our disposal, and it just kind of evolved into something. A little uncomfortable you know what i mean where it was just like people are rather gonna really like this or they're gonna hate it and uh so we sat on that one for a long time but honestly the other ones like S- circle with me was uh or mcginnis did that one and he killed it and uh we actually got to work with an incredible director uh for secret garden as well um the, C- the secret garden video was directed by jensen Nolan, and you know he's like a bucket list guy to work with too and yeah it's, it's just been a great experience all around just being able to come up with these concepts and stuff it, it has been tricky though you know during all these uh these lockdowns and everything trying to come up and be creative i mean like there's only one video that has our drummer in it um and uh you know it, it's just 
it just is the way it is, unfortunately. It's a, it's a strange time, as I keep saying. But, you know, hopefully things will kind of turn for the better. We'll see. Like, again, I'm a very optimistic and positive person. You said it. It's a very strange time. But so having limitations sometimes work really well for artists. So like, all right, I can't do this. I can't do this. I have to do that. Have, has had, excuse me, has having some limitations or maybe no deadlines on certain things, has that made you guys um, work better together? Or has it been a little frustrating not having those like, hey, we need this done now? Oh, my God. It's been so frustrating, to be honest with you, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, like the record was supposed to be done. Actually, sorry, let me rephrase that. The, the record was supposed to be recorded last summer, mm. right? So, you know, we started we started teasing stuff that we already had recorded and everything. And then we started booking Airbnbs to go and, like, live in and record the record. Because, you know, we do a lot of our stuff like DI and MIDI drums and stuff. So we don't need, like, a full-fledged studio for it. Um, so we started booking Airbnbs. And every time we'd book something, it got pushed back. And it got to the point where, you know we didn't get into a room with one another until February of this year. And, uh, you know, there's some positives about that. We got to write, uh, more music and be a lot more picky and, and take just the best stuff in our opinion from the pot. But, you know, it's just, it's really hard when, when you're trying to reach this goal and you're trying to meet this quote unquote deadline and stuff. And then, you know, for no fault of your own, things just keep getting pushed and pushed and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we did it the way that we did and everything, but at the same time, too, it's just, it's very overwhelming. And it's, it's, it's a very, uh, it's just a weird feeling as an artist just to have like no end in sight and not be, and, you know, not to be able to answer that question when someone's like, when's the album coming out? You're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I can't even go record it if I wanted to. So I, I don't know what to tell you, you know? Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's been an experience. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, and we're here, which is great. And the record, everybody's coming out September seventeenth. So, man, you got through it. You're there. the The hype behind it is fantastic. The music videos are fantastic. I do want to talk about. There's one collaborator on here that I'm aware of, and that's Sam, Sam Carter from Architects. Uh, tell me how that all came together. Um, and it's on a track called Yellow Jacket. Yeah, yeah, he crushed it, man. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. We were recording. Uh, we weren't even finished recording yet, and Sam uh, was messaging. Bill, because Bill and him are, uh, they go way back. Bill used to play in a band called The Textbook Tragedy, and they actually went out with Architects on their first Canadian tour while Architects was doing the Hollow Crown run. This is way back in the day. And also, Bill is childhood friends with their guitar player, Adam, because he's from Vancouver. And uh, long story short, we were just recording, and they were messaging back and forth, and Sam was like, hey, you know, if you want, I would, I would love to be on your album. And of course, immediately we're like, where can we put him? <laughs> you know, like I would love to have Sam on this album. And, you know, their band means a lot to me, too. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we picked Yellow Jacket. We sent it over to him. He was supposed to go into a studio and do it. And he ended up just recording it himself. He sent it back and everything was perfect. There was no edits, no nothing. It just was so pro. You know what I mean? Like the guy just killed it. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited for everyone to hear that one. Yeah, um, it's it's a killer track, man, and and it's a great guest to get on a debut like full length. If in my opinion, I think it's fantastic. And the collaborations with uh, Courtney's doing, been doing a lot of collaborations. Um, I just talked to Booker from Make Them Suffer. She did the the track with them, Contraband. Um, and there's mm-hmm. been a lot of other collaborations. How is how is doing the collaborations during this time been uh, for you guys? And 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 maybe even help out your own music in a way. It's been super interesting. You know, luckily we're in the position where. Uh you know, our producer, Dan, if, if we're not 
where he's at, he's able to remotely mix stuff and everything. So sometimes it's me recording Courtney and then we send the files out. Um, other times, you know, because we, when we went and recorded, we actually ended up staying down in L.A. for four and a half months because ironically, it was a lot better down there than it was where we live up here in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, so for a couple of them, we, we recorded them in dance studio. And, you know, other times I'll just, you know, record her at home. But it, it is a huge honor to be able to do all that and just to have our friends ask us to be a part of their art is incredible. And um, yeah, Courtney's done a lot of features this year for sure. And it's, it's exciting. It's really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely, man. Which collaboration was the hardest uh, for you to record and be like, just out of curiosity or easiest even, which one were like, oh, I know exactly what to do. And which one did you have to think about? Like, all right, I don't know what part we have to get in here and where, which one, just tell us a little bit of that. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the, the craziest one that we did was the Make Them Suffer one because, you know, Make Them Suffer is such an incredible band and they have a lot of dynamic in their vocal as well, like with, you know, the, the melodic singing and then Sean just sounding like a demon pretty much the entire time. Um, and, you know, Courtney switches back and forth really, really well there. But, you know, when you throw Buka in the mix too, Courtney and Buka sound really great together. And uh, that was a challenge just to kind of see what would work because... You know, they, they sent us contraband in a demo format and uh, it didn't sound exactly like it came out. And so, you know, kind of just figuring out what was going to work with Courtney's voice versus Buka's voice and then coming in underneath Sean as well. Um, it was a bit of a challenge, but I mean, the ad product sounds awesome and we love that band to death. So we're just stoked to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. The great video too, they put out. Um, I, when I talked to her, I was like, there's, we talked about the video, but it was fantastic. If you guys haven't checked it out, the song is called Contraband. Great track for sure. Um, so moving forward, back to this record now, if we can. Um, a lot of the stuff, like you said, we got it all done. We got it recorded. But you're still, we're still kind of in this holding pattern. Is there a lot of tracks that you, did you overwrite for this record on any terms do you feel? Or did you guys just really focus on these songs specifically? Yeah, we, we, we did a, a lot of writing to mm. say the least. Some of these songs were written over two years ago now. And, um, you know, like I was saying before, when we had that, that little uh, gap of time before actually going in and doing it, um, me and Dan started writing over Zoom, which is incredible that you can do that. I mean, like the fact that he can control my computer and engineer my session and we can just kind of hash out ideas and stuff is unreal. But, you know, it got to the point where we, I think we had about 18 songs, 19 songs. And then when we got in the studio, we wrote a couple more. Um, I say studio, but it was literally just like a random house in the desert. Um, but yeah, we, we, we wrote a bit more. And uh, one, of the, one of them that we wrote in the studio was actually the first one that we released, Circle With Me. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have all that time because, I mean, if, if you can actually be creative during it and stuff, it's, it's pretty valuable. But at the same time, too, it's, it's like what I was saying before, like the no end in sight thing. It's like, when are we going to call this? So we had to sit down and really go through each track and be like, what is worthy of being on the album? What's going to flow? What's going to work with the, um, the actual flow of it too? Like a start to finish the sequence of it. Um, it was all stuff that we had to like really be critical about because we knew that the expectation was going to be set high, not only because of, you know, what people wanted to hear, but also how long this is, this is taken. Um, so, you know, I just hope that people like the, the record start to finish and, they don't mind the fact that five songs are already out. <laughs> oh, dude, you're, you're, you're good hands. Trust me, man. Yes, people are going to love it. It's, it's an excellent record. You guys really did 
put out a fantastic debut record, full length, if I may. And uh, I think fans are going to jump at it and love it, dude. It really is something. And um, I got to tell you, I'm excited that you did overwrite because that means that if there's any problems in the future, another record is on the horizon, kind of. Knock, knock, knock on, on wood, like soon. But Knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood. Can you tell us what the factor thing is from the Canadian government? Because they did help out on some of the music videos as well. Or what? how did that help out? Factors, yeah, factors helped us huge. You know, before, I mean, well before we even did the first tour and stuff when we were babies and before even Rise was in the picture, um, you know, we're very fortunate in Canada to have a factor grant uh, program where essentially like, you know, if you're a a metal band or or any type of band or whatever, you can apply for these grants and it's basically a full on, you know, tour support, record support, everything. And they give you a budget if you're, if you're chosen. And, um, that was one thing that Courtney worked on for hundreds of hours, like just getting the application right and everything. Because you have to submit an entire thing and then it has to go in front of a board and everything. And they have to justify giving you the budget and everything. And uh, they've been there for a long time now before every before the label signing, before you know the record and everything. And uh, they've, they helped us through a lot of the binds that were that first tour getting canceled. Um, and supporting us financially there and everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely very, very fortunate to have that, but also just being Canadian, having that available to everybody is pretty wild. And any Canadian listeners, I definitely would implore uh, going on there and checking it out because it's, it's just sitting there, you know, (laughs) dude, that's, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I got through college through grants and people like, I remember, uh, you know, because I, I didn't have, we didn't have money, we couldn't afford it. And I remember in high school, they're like, just apply for grants and apply for grants. And nobody did. And it was yeah. crazy. I was like, wow, I'm getting an actual education paid for just because people didn't fill out this paperwork, <laughs> you know, which was a lot of work, as you said. But yeah, um, yeah dude, I, people out there, if you can get grants, especially something like this in, in Canada, and I know other parts of the world have this as well. Unfortunately, in the, there's, there's things similar to this in the United States, but it's not a government funded program. Um, but, um, yeah, dude, you guys got to jump at that because it's it it it's there for you to make your dreams happen, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, and you guys are um an example of even in when the worst thing when a pandemic happens that it it was helpful for you guys all the way through. So that's really cool, man. It's really cool, yeah. and I do want to promote that on the show, guys, especially our Canadian listeners up there. So um, with that, so the tour in February, that's the next tour dates that you guys got set up. If we yeah. get there, are you planning to just book book and kind of go all the way through like you guys used to back in the day or are you going to be very specific with the tours just because of uh of how it's all new again yeah you know that's a great question i think i think moving forward there will there will have to be those discussions of like is this possible you know like do we do we know that everyone involved is going to take this seriously all that stuff and i might i would hope that my answer was yes all the way through but you just never know you know i think we're entering into a new world where we're hitting roadblocks you know for for a a wide variety of reasons not just you know the elephant in the room um i think after the tour in february it's going to be interesting to see what happens i would love to just honestly like after living online for the last few years and everything and being patient and stuff like i just want to go out and do it you know like i just want to go play these songs so bad um i'd do anything to be able to do it right now but you know you got to be careful and, and choosy right but um you know i think number one once the album comes out i think we'll have a better idea of, of what that's going to look like and where we'll be um but if i had a my way man like honestly yeah like i'd probably go out for like eight nine months of the year 
and just play as many shows as possible. <laughs> oh, you deserve it, man. You guys, you guys have been patient. You've been on pause. Yeah, you deserve it. You guys got this amazing record coming out. All this, uh, like I said, this hype, this energy. Fan base wants to see these songs live. So this is the time to strike. And I know that's got to be frustrating because you can't almost just strike yeah. right away, right? That's got to be a little bit like, you know, um, I don't know what the word is, but because is, isn't it, is, are, are you impatient? with the situation because of of the you know success and the the fan base kind of clamoring for you guys right now you know what it's more so just like for my own sanity mm. like selfishly i just i just want to go out and do it to prove to myself that we can do it you know what i mean yeah. like when we, when we started the limp biscuit tour and we got three shows in like there's there's no there's no other feeling there's no drug or anything that can give you you know, having a couple thousand people in the room, like actually paying attention and listening to you while you perform, especially after, you know, what's happened and everything. So to have that cut short again, it's just, it's a very, it's a very defeating feeling where you're just kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know if this can happen again, you know? And again, like I'm trying to be positive and yeah. stuff, but like, it's just very difficult to be honest with you. It's, it's just, it's more so at this point, I, I want to go out for the people that love the music and want to support and everything, of course, that's number one. But there's also a selfish part of me that's just like, I just want to go out for myself and just just try to perform these songs live. Because, I mean, there are songs that people have been listening to for a long time that we've never even played or practiced. <laughs> you know, like, it would be great to go out and just do a really long set and do all these songs that people are really wanting to hear live. But... You know, I think I think in time it'll it'll become clear if that can happen again. But yeah, it's it's more so just getting impatient with the state of things and just feeling a little defeated, um, and and just trying to trying to figure out the 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 light at the end of the tunnel, what that looks like. You know? Yes, yes. No, that's definitely where we're. I feel we're all at is like let's just just tell us the rules. I want to play in the game. Just tell me the rules. I'll, I'll follow the rules. But they yeah. keep changing, and then I'm I'm following the rules, and other people aren't. And so, yeah, I, I did this this light at the end of the tunnel thing is huge, man. And uh, mm-hmm. that is something that, yeah, together we're gonna get there, or or, or we're not. As as I don't want to doomsay at the end of our interview because it's been positive, but yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like we, <laughs> I don't want to say I we're gonna get there, people. Let's all stay focused and take care of our community. Last. Mm-hmm question for you mike dude everybody one more time i'm so glad i got to talk to you man and i got to promote this record i'm a big fan of the band i'm a big fan of the album guys eternal blue is coming out september 17th make sure you guys are pre-ordering it last question we just mentioned there's some of these songs you've never played live which song on the new album are you like you know they haven't seen the video they haven't heard it lined i know it's gonna go crazy okay which song do you want to perform for the audiences out there for an extended Um. period of time Honestly, I, I would have to say the first one, Sun Killer. Mm. I think I think Sun Killer is going to be a great opening track live, and I hope that you know when people put it on, they get the on the record just like in their homes and stuff. They get the vibe that because in, in my opinion, that song offers a lot of what's on the record. It's it's very different. It's you know it's not just one thing the entire way through. There's a lot going on, um, and I think live too. It's just going to be a great build up. So I'm. Really, really excited to play that one, and also, I, w- I I can't wait to play Yellow Jacket. I don't know how that's going to look without Sam being a part of his, you know, entire full song feature that he did. <laughs> but um, you know, we'll figure it out. But yeah, th- that one too is is going to be a, a lot of a lot of fun. I think for sure. 
Man, all right, that's what I'm talking about. Opening track, Sun Killer, dude. Did you know when you sequenced the album, you're like, this is our this is our opening song? Did you know that? Oh yeah, 100. percent Early, I love it. I love it. So that's guys. <laughs> right away when you start up the record, boom, that's the track, and it's gonna it's gonna be the one that we're looking for live when we when we finally get to see them. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Under oath, every time I dive, you guys in February. Such an amazing yeah, package. It's just got to work out. Knocking on wood again. But with that, man, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure to finally chat with you, man. Thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. It was great. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again soon.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off the latest record, the debut album. It's the debut full-length album, Eternal Blue. It's out now, guys. First track is Circle With Me. Second one is Hurt You. Both those songs are off Eternal Blue. If you guys haven't picked up the record, make sure you're checking them out. And make sure you guys are looking for those February tour dates, as we talked about in the interview, Under Oath, Every Time I Die, Spirit Box. That is going to be an excellent show. Third song you guys heard is from the band Wage War. Their new album, Manic, is out October 1st. That track is called High Horse. If you guys haven't checked out Wage War, make sure you're checking them out, pre-ordering the new album, Manic. Great album, guys. So with that, I want to move on and tell everybody out there we want to thank you guys so much for the five-star reviews we get on the good old Apple iTunes. That is all we've been asking for as a program on the show. That's it, guys. So anybody that's taking the time to go over to Apple iTunes, click five stars. We don't need comments. We don't read any of that stuff anyway. That don't matter to us. It's just to see that number grow. We truly appreciate it. And you guys know we're here every week. We haven't missed an episode in, man, four or five five years now. So it's been a long run for us. And also want to thank everybody out there who keeps supporting our other podcast. That is our documentary discussion podcast, Rise to Offend. If you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you do. We've got topics all over the place from the Cleveland Browns to Colin Kaepernick to Henry Rollins. List goes on and on, guys. So it's many metal bands, Peter Steele, Phil Anselmo, uh, many political figures, Steve Biko and Coulter. And many controversial things like the Me Too movement. If you guys have not checked out our podcast, Documentary Podcast, Rise to Offend, go check it out right now. And with that, until next week, our friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.